0: Merry Christmas. (laughs) Y Feliz Navidad. Come on. How many of you are excited to celebrate Jesus? I love that. Let me take a moment. Look at the camera in the back of the room. I want to say hello to our extended church family. If you're new here, we're actually one church in two locations. So we have our broadcast campus. That's all of you here at our South Metro Atlanta campus. And then 700 miles north of here in Germantown, Maryland. Come on, let's welcome our Germantown campus. Them, come on, let them hear you all the way from the south. Love it. I just want to take a quick moment and just say thank you to all of the incredible volunteers at both campuses. Many are giving uh, so many sacrificial hours on Christmas Eve to make today possible. So can you just say a big thank you to all of the volunteers? Come on. Let them know you love them. And then one more quick thing. We always give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women. Thank you for serving, especially during the holidays. We love you. God bless you. All right, let me ask you a question, both campuses. uh, How about some kids? Let me ask the kids. So even if you're a kid at heart, any kids excited for Christmas? Come on, make some noise, kids. Where you at? Man. It's it's happening, isn't it? In the morning, we're going to wake up and really discover if we are on that nice list. And uh, some of us are are close to the edge, aren't we? So you got you got a few hours here. Kids, I'm going to give you the best advice I can give you in the morning. Okay, kids, listen to me. I'm your pastor. Listen to me. This is very important. In the morning, I want you to wake up really, 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 really early, about 4.30 a.m. early. Come on, 4.30 a.m. early. Go get in bed with your folks or your grand folks and wake them up. Right, kids? Come on, one more time, kids. You excited? Yeah, I know you are. I'm excited, too. There's a lot. There's a lot of reasons to be excited for Christmas. Uh, You and I, we could make a list of all the things that we enjoy about the holiday season. We love about Christmas, the things that that make our traditions and our families and the things that create nostalgia for us and so many wonderful uh, themes at Christmas. But I but I've discovered one thing that I believe all of us can agree on that we love about Christmas. And I've yet to find anybody that would challenge my thinking on this. And if you try to mess this up today, security's gonna get you. Come on, somebody. But here it is. I know that we all love candy. Come on, do you love some candy? No, no, do you really love some candy? I know you do because statistics tell us that the average American eats almost 25 pounds of candy every single year. Look at somebody next to you and say, hello, come on now, 25 pounds of candy. And I know we love candy. I love candy. Uh, The fastest way to my heart is to buy me some peanut butter M&M's. Come on, somebody. Love me some M&M's. I know you've got your favorite candy. As a matter of fact, on the count of three, let me hear at both locations your favorite candy. Yell it out at me. One, two, three. Favorite candy. All right. Well, well, I know that you love it. I'm going to prove to you how much you love it you probably love it more than you even realize. I'm gonna give you a candy test. You ready? I'm gonna give you a candy test. So here's how the candy test is gonna work. Participation, everybody jumping in with me. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you four different candy slogans. You're gonna tell me which type of candy or which brand of candy is connected to that particular slogan. Does that make sense? If you got me, say, I got you. Yeah. Let's get a little practice round in here. Here we go, here's the first one. Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Melts yeah. in let me just say this. If you didn't get this one, the next three, it's impossible. Come on out. This one right here is easy. So melt in your mouth, not in your hands. Any Eminem fans in the room? Come on, that's me right there, Eminem guy. All right, here's the next one. Taste the rainbow, Skittles. I always thought if I could be some famous like, uh, you know, pop star or rapper, I'd go by the name Skittles. Because at the end of all of my, all of my songs, I'd be like, taste the rainbow. I don't know. Anyway, how about this one? Hungry? Why wait? Grab a. Nice. Come on. How many of you are batting a thousand right now? You haven't missed one. You're all in. It. Okay, here we go. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. I heard somebody in the back say schizophrenia. No, no. It's yes. almond joy or mounds. Almond joy or mounds. How many of you got them all right? Let me see your hands. You got them all right. Well, you're going to get a reward. I know, I know what I'm going to do because you passed the candy test. Would anybody like some candy? Free candy right here, right now. Here's what I need. I need some like candy-eating music. Can you give me that? Oh, yeah. Look under your seats on the end of row. There's some buckets with candy in it. Come on, everybody. Grab some candy. Both campuses, get you some candy. Pass those buckets down. Enjoy them. Come on now. Did you get some free candy? There it is. Come on now. Wave it at me real quick. Come on, if you got your candy. somebody already got it in your mouth. Keep it in your mouth. That's all right. Hey, I can, uh, I can actually tell you the entire Christmas story by only using candy. I know you're thinking that's not possible, but it is possible. All right, do you want to hear it? Come on, if you want to hear it. I need some encouragement here. You want to hear it? All right, only using, only using candy. I'm going to give you the Christmas story. It starts out like this. Uh, there were three wise men. We're going to call them the three musketeers. The three musketeers, they followed a starburst. Well, all of a sudden, Herrick, the atomic fireball, come on now. (laughs) He had a conversation with the religious leaders. He wanted to find out about Jesus, so he called the religious leaders the Snickers. Come on. (laughs) All the while, the angels of the Lord, they were singing Almond Joy. And out in the field, there were some shepherds. We like to know them as the Jolly Ranchers. Come on. Jolly Ranchers they show up to the manger and at the manger they meet M&M Mother Mary and they meet Pop Rocks Joseph This is so good by the way I'm telling you right now What were M&M and Pop Rocks doing they were swaddling the lifesaver Jesus Come on And if you believe anything that I just said, one day you and I, we get an eternal payday, baby. Come on. There it is. Christmas story using candy. Come on. But of all the candy that you love, all the candy that we eat, all the candy we consume, all the candy we purchase, the undisputed, unquestioned king of candy during the holidays is what you just received. It's the candy cane. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the United States of America, each year we produce two billion pieces of candy cane. Two billion pieces of candy cane and 90% of all candy cane that's manufactured is purchased and eaten between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So during the holidays, this, this piece of candy stands alone compared to all of the other types of candy out there. When I was looking at the candy cane, I, I saw a few things that really stood out to me. As a matter of fact, not only is it the most popular candy during the holidays, listen to me, it's the most spiritual candy that you can hold on to during the holidays. Let me give you a few thoughts about the candy cane that's in your mouth. Watch this. Here's the first one. The candy cane is crooked. And you know that. It's not a straight piece of candy. So every time I look at the candy cane, I'm reminded that my life too is a crooked life. Come on, help me preach for a minute. The Bible says it this way in Romans 3, 23, that we've all sinned, we, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, uh, we, we've all got a rebellious streak, we've all got a rebellious spirit at times, we've all got a little hypocrite on the inside of us. And maybe you've had a bad business deal and you've labeled somebody as a crook, she's a crook or he's a crook. Let's be honest, we're all crooks, we are. Uh, As a matter of fact, I was out in town not too long ago and somebody asked me, they said, are you the pastor of Go Church? And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, oh, that's a big church full of hypocrites. I said, wait a minute, we're not full of hypocrites. We always got room for one more. Come on now. (laughs) Sir, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. Yeah, come on we've all got a little hypocrite in us because we're all we're all crooked only through Jesus can he make the crooked places straight as a matter of fact Luke said it this way in the book of Acts he was talking about about Simon Peter and he said that Simon Peter just continued to preach for a really long time listen when I'm dead and gone don't write stuff like that about me I just preach long because I want to be like people in the Bible right And he said, but the whole time that Peter is preaching this long sermon, the meat of the message is, we've got to be saved from this crooked generation. Hey, you don't even have to turn on the TV to know that we live in a perverse world. That We live in a crooked world, that, that people's lives are messed up. And at the end of the day, when we look at that candy cane, we can remember that our lives are crooked. But thanks be to God for grace and mercy. This is a good place to say amen right there. Come on. Oh, come on, 4 p.m. Let's go. Come on. There we go. So the candy cane is crooked. Here's a second thought about the candy cane. The candy cane is shaped like a shepherd's staff. Did you notice that you probably did you're smarter than I am it's shaped like a shepherd's staff now here's what's interesting about that analogy is that the Bible in the New Testament likens us as sheep so whenever we read in the Bible about us we're referenced as sheep and we think that's really great that God looks at us like one of his creations but he called us sheep sheep are incredibly dumb animals. And I try, I asked the Lord one day, I said, God, why did you label us a sheep? And I heard a voice from heaven say, because you're real bad. Come on, that's funny too. That is funny, by the way. Now, Jesus is our good shepherd. And Jesus, if you consider that piece of candy cane to be like a shepherd's staff, there's a couple of reasons that the good shepherd would use that staff. One of the primary uh, Uses or needs for a shepherd is two particular utensils. Uh, Psalmist David says it like this in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And watch this, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So a good shepherd always has a rod and a good shepherd always has a staff. But the uses of the rod and the staff are universally different. The purpose of the rod is all about protection. So the shepherd, the good shepherd would use the rod anytime that a lion, tiger, or bear. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. Anytime something would come out of the woods to try to harm the flock, then the good shepherd would use the rod for protection. But the staff is something different. The staff's purpose is not for that of protection. It's for correction, And that's interesting to me because God knows that you and I would be crooked and he knew that you and I would need to be corrected along the way. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to do that. Here's a couple of thoughts or reasons that the good shepherd uses the staff. It's used to lift up the sheep. So lean in for a second. Whenever a newborn lamb arrives, it has, it's born with this tendency to wander off. So whenever this newborn lamb would wander away, then the shepherd, listen to me, would leave the 99 to go after the one. And instead of picking up this newborn lamb with his human hands, he would take the hook part of the staff and lift up the baby lamb and return it to his mother. Why would the shepherd use the shepherd's staff to lift up the lamb and not his human hands? Here's why. I'm glad you asked. Because he was afraid that the stench of his human hands would allow the mother lamb to reject the newborn baby lamb. Just like the good shepherd Jesus. Jesus lifts us up to remove the stench of the world from us. Come on, church. That's really good right there. As a matter of fact, the psalmist David said it like this in Psalm 40. He said, for you with your righteous right hand, you lifted me from the slimy pit. I don't know how many times you've ever experienced the lifting you up from the good shepherd. But I know in my life, there have been plenty of times I've wandered away, but God in his goodness in his sovereignty and in his grace, he lifted me up. Can I get somebody to testify to that truth right there? Here's another reason. Not only does he use the shepherd's staff to lift us up, but he also uses the staff to guide us. So again, it's the tendency of, of sheep to wander. their, their heads are always down and they're grazing. And before you know it, they're away from the flock. So a good shepherd will take the, the pointed end of his staff. And listen, here's a key word to this point. And he'll apply pressure to the side of the animal. And the pressure lets the animal know that I need to be guided back into alignment. And I had this thought on this Christmas Eve. Maybe some of the pressure that you're under is not about rejection, it's about correction. Maybe you didn't get the promotion in 2019 like they had promised you, not because God is rejecting you, but God needs to correct some things in you so that when you do receive the promotion, now you can receive it with a spirit of thanksgiving and humility. Maybe you didn't get the Christmas bonus like you hope to get and you think, God, why have you rejected me? And God said, I'm not out to reject you. I'm out to correct you. And before you get the bonus, let me just get you back in alignment with the understanding that all good gifts come from the Father above. Am I preaching? all right today? So maybe the pressure that you feel in your life is more about the good shepherd guiding you and correcting you than it is about anything else. Let me give you a third thought. We've got a few more minutes. Hang in there with me. A third thing about this candy cane that you hold on to or some of you have devoured is this. The candy cane is white and red. I went to college to learn stuff like that. Come on now. Now, now in the Bible, uh, numbers mean something, names mean something, colors mean something. So when you study about the colors of white and red, there's significance there. The white in that candy cane represents the purity of God, that, that God sent us Jesus, and Jesus is perfect, he's spotless, he has no stain or blemish. And Jesus, because he is righteous, he comes down from heaven. He makes his way to the cross. He was sacrificed and he was innocent. He was a man who had no sin and never sinned, yet bore the weight of our sin on his shoulders. Are you listening to what I'm trying to tell you? And because of his purity and because of his righteousness, now for all who say yes to Jesus, we can be washed white as snow. As a matter of fact, Isaiah, Isaiah records what the Lord says like this, though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. How does God take our crookedness and our sin and our guilt and our shame and our rebellious spirit? How does God take all of our wrong, all of our mess ups? all of our mistakes, all of our sin. How does God take all of the labels that your family has put on you, your friends have put on you, society has put on you because of the decisions you've made? How does he take all of that and wash them white as snow? I'll tell you, it's through his blood. I want you to hear me real loud and real clear. There is still power in the blood. Come on, somebody. There is power in the blood. I'm almost done. Watch this. Sin always requires a payment. Romans says it this way, for the wages, the wages, the payment of sin is death. So you go back to the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, they they fall short. They fall into temptation. They sin. And ever since the beginning of humanity, man has tried to figure out a way to make atonement for their sin. So in the Old Testament, it would be the requirement of sacrificing an animal. You would take an innocent animal, you would sacrifice it on the altar, you would sprinkle its blood, and and that blood would provide atonement for your mistakes. But the good news is this, is that Jesus is now our atonement. And Jesus came in his purity and his righteousness, and his blood was shed on the cross at Calvary. Let me show you something really neat. Remember Moses... Moses was penned as the leader by God to walk the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. So for 400 years, the children of Israel were slaves under captivity of the evil ruler called Pharaoh. So God says to Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And in the beginning, Pharaoh says, "Okay, that's a deal. But then Pharaoh changed his mind. Listen to me here. You need to know this. God does not play games. Come on now. So God sent 10 plagues to get the attention of Pharaoh. He sent 10 plagues. And one of the plagues was the the death angel that would pass over. So God told the children of Israel through Moses, he said, listen, I need you to sacrifice an innocent lamb and I want you to take that blood and I want you to smear it over every doorpost of your home because on this night, the death angel is going to visit every house. Now listen, but those who are covered by the blood, come on, come on somebody. Those who are covered by the blood, those who are saved by the blood, the death angel, here it is, will pass over. Now watch this. Do you know how they applied the blood on the doorpost? History tells us that they took the branch of a hyssop plant. Do you know what hyssop is? Peppermint. Oh, come on, that's so good. You ought to slap somebody and say, that's good stuff right there. If that that didn't give you an encouragement, how about this? Jesus now is hanging on the cross at Calvary. The Bible says that the nails are in his hands and his feet. He's wearing the crown of thorns. They've mocked him. They've spat on him. They've cussed at him. They've called him the king of the Jews as they ridiculed him and they pierced his side. And at one point, it says that the Roman soldiers offered Jesus a sponge to drink and they took this sponge and they soaked it in vinegar and sour wine and they elevated the sponge to the mouth of Jesus and offered him a drink. And if you know the story, you know that Jesus rejected the drink, but do you know what they used to elevate that sponge to the lips of Jesus? A hyssop branch because there's something powerful about the idea of the spiritual connection of that candy cane. Though your sins are like scarlet. I'll make them white as snow. Got a lot of visitors here today, so I don't know who this message is for directly, but I believe it's for all of us. You cannot be too deep in your sin that God cannot find you. You cannot be too lost that God cannot find you. Can anybody testify to that truth? Wherever you are right now, all you have to do is surrender to Jesus, say yes to Jesus and let his blood that was shed on the cross at Calvary wash you white as snow. Give me 300 people right there. Come on. One more point. One more point. And you, you know this is the most obvious of all of them but just kind of indulge me for a moment. The candy cane turned upside down is a J and J is for Jesus. Come on now. I like to say it like this, that, that J is for JC, but not this JC, that JC, come on. J is for Jesus. Christmas is all about Jesus. I told one sweet little seven-year-old girl in the lobby between these gatherings, I said, hey, are you excited for tomorrow? I am, I'm so excited. And I said, have you ever considered that on Jesus' birthday, we get gifts I never had a birthday party like that, where you came to my party and you got gifts. No, if you're gonna to come to my party, you bring gifts to me, but not Jesus. Christmas is all about Jesus. As a matter of fact, even in his name, even in his name, we see why he came. She'll give birth to a son. And the Bible says you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So this holiday season, you're gonna be out of here in about 10 minutes. You're going to go back to your home or back to family. Some of you will exchange gifts tonight. Some of you tomorrow. You're going to eat and do all of the traditions of your family and enjoy all of that. But listen to me. Make sure you remember the reason for the season. It's all about Jesus. Do you believe that? It's all about Jesus. All right, one quick story. So years ago in the small country town, there was a father and his son, and part of their you know, just time together, they would always walk to the local candy store. So one morning they got up together and they, they walked from their home down this long, dusty dirt road to the local candy store. And the dad said to his son, look around, son. Well, a few minutes passed and the candy store owner came out and he said to the young boy, he said, son, he said, reach your hand in this candy jar and get you some candy. Well, the boy stood there paralyzed, just staring at his father. A few awkward moments of silence pass, and the candy owner said again, Son, go ahead. Reach your hand into the candy jar and get you a handful of candy. It's free. And the boy didn't move. He just stared at his father. A few more seconds pass, and the candy owner said, Young man, reach your hand into the candy jar and get you some candy. I'm not going to charge you anything. Well, at this point, the father had kind of felt embarrassed, so the dad just reached his hand in the jar and grabbed a handful of candy. They both said thank you to the candy store owner, and they made their way outside of the shop. They walked a few steps, and the dad said to the son, he said, son, why didn't you respond after every time the candy store owner said, reach down and get some candy? And the little boy with the biggest grin on his face looked at his dad, and he said, because I know that your hand is bigger than mine. Come on. I just want you to know something about Jesus. His hand is bigger than yours. The best thing you can do this Christmas is take your hands off and put your hand in the hand of the master. It's all about Jesus. Every every Sunday that we meet together, I try to give you a closing question. So on Christmas Eve, I thought, you know, maybe I should give you a closing challenge, families coming together for this celebration and some of you out of towners just spending some time with this. I want to give you something that you can really consider in this holiday season. So here, here's my closing challenge. Very, very straightforward. Psalm 34:8. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is really good. Hear me for a second. Don't take my word for it. Try God. Taste and see just how good the Lord is. Maybe your marriage is lacking some flavor because you haven't tasted and seen how good the Lord is. Maybe your calling is lacking a little spice because you're trying to keep your hand on it. But if you would just taste and see how good the Lord is, here's the result Here's the result of, of removing your hand and letting God's hand come in. Watch, you're blessed. When you take refuge in him, the Bible says that you are blessed. So the best thing you can do this Christmas season, take your hands off and let his hand take over. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. You know, Lord, every time I prepare a message, I pray that it would touch the heart of someone. Never my intention to get up here and to entertain or to be a stand-up comedian just to bring the truth from your word that would touch the heart and the hearts of your people. You told me years ago that it's never my responsibility to preach to impress, but to preach to impact. So God, I feel like I've done my part. I've prayed and fasted and studied. I've given this gathering everything I got. Now I'm gonna gonna let you, Lord, do the work So if you're here today and you're far from God, maybe at one time you had a relationship with the Lord but you've gotten away from that or maybe you've never allowed Jesus to be the Lord of your life, hear my heart. Don't go another Christmas with keeping your hand on your life. Take your hand off. Let Jesus in. Taste and see how good he is. The greatest decision I ever made was letting Jesus take over. Is anybody with me on that? It's the best decision ever. So if you feel far from God or you've never asked Jesus into your heart, the decision is yours today. Nobody's looking me, me and Jesus. If you're here and that's you say, I I need the Lord in my life and I want to invite him today. Would you put your hands up? Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many hands. I'm not gonna make you do anything else. You have to come up here, fill out paperwork. Nothing like that. It's just you and the Lord. Thank you. So many hands continuing to go up. All right, everybody in the room, take your hand, put it over your heart. Let's pray this prayer. I'll pray it for you. Father, we thank you because you are the reason for the season. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, for sending your son, and Jesus, dying on that cross. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. And today we commit our lives to you. Today we're making the decision just to taste and see how good you are. Maybe for some that means jumping into the Bible. For others, that might be getting back into church. For others, that might mean a conversation with someone asking, what's my next step? We just want to taste and see how good you are. So for every hand that was lifted today, come into their heart and into their mind. Wash us clean and make us new. And let us be more like you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And let the church say, amen. Can you give Jesus your best round of applause? Come on. Come on, I said your very best round of applause. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Both campuses, stand with me. Come on, stand to your feet. Can we sing this chorus together? Your campus pastors will come. Don't leave just yet. We'll give you some instruction, but let's sing this song together. Silent night, holy night. Come on, let's worship.